And even though we are able to serve tens of thousands of people and are really proud of the services that we're able to provide, there are hundreds of thousands that we still can't reach. We know that innovation is needed and necessary in order for us to be able to provide access to justice to all of the folks who need it. Equal access to justice is a core American value. In each episode of Talk Justice, an LSC podcast, we'll explore ways to expand access to justice and illustrate why it is important to the legal community, business, government, and the general public. Talk Justice is sponsored by the Leaders' Council of the Legal Services Corporation. Hello, this is Kat Moon, your host for this episode of Talk Justice. As Director of Innovation Design for Law School, it's my job to learn and teach about how we can use innovation, human-centered design, and technology to make law better by increasing access to justice for all. And for this reason, I am thrilled to talk to the folks we're going to hear from today because we have so much to learn from the work they're doing in this space. So today we are going to hear from the folks who have created the brand spanking new Innovation Lab launched by Legal Aid of North Carolina. Joining us to talk about it are Ashley Campbell, who is Executive Director of Legal Aid of North Carolina, a statewide organization serving all 100 counties in the state. Ashley brings her experience as Legal Aid Staff Attorney, General Assembly Counsel, as well as Law Professor, to her current role leading one of the largest law firms in North Carolina. And as you will learn from our conversation, Ashley is fiercely committed to making law better through innovation of legal services delivery. Also joining us is Cherie Gilchrist, who is the newly appointed Chief Innovation Officer at LANC. In this position, Cherie oversees several interdisciplinary teams in their mission to collaborate, develop, and implement innovative solutions that allow legal services to be delivered more efficiently to more North Carolinians. Shree has served in a range of roles at LANC, from Director of Client Engagement, to Project Director, to Staff Attorney working directly with clients. And really, it's its breadth and depth of experience that now informs the work Shree is doing at the intersection of people, process, and technology at LNC's new Innovation Lab. Also joining us is Jeff Kelly. Jeff is a partner in the Raleigh office of Nelson Mullins, where he focuses his practice in areas of emerging technology. Jeff serves in several leadership roles at the intersection of law, regulation, and technology, including serving on the American Bar Association Center for Innovation's Governing Council and chairing the board of advisors for LANC's new Innovation Lab. Ashley, Cherie, and Jeff join me for this conversation about what I think is the very first formal innovation lab launched by a legal aid organization in the U.S. So please join us as we dig into the why, what, and how of the lab. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talk Justice. I have with me today Ashley Campbell, Sheree Gilchrist, and Jeff Kelly. And we are gathered to talk about something I am so excited about. The moment I found out about it, I knew it would just be a matter of time before I invited you all to talk about Legal Aid of North Carolina's new Innovation Lab. And you are here, and we're going to have this conversation. And without further ado, I really do just want to jump right into this because there is so much to talk about, and we have fairly limited time. So, Ashley, I would love to kick off with you 
telling us about the Innovation Lab and how it fits within Legal Aid of North Carolina's larger mission and goals and just kind of set the stage for us. What is this project? What are you doing? Well, Kat, the first thing I'll say is that we share in your excitement around this topic and around the launch of the Innovation Lab and are so excited to be here with you talking about it today. The idea of the Innovation Lab in North Carolina really grew out of our observation about the number of folks in North Carolina who are eligible for our services, but who we just have not been able to reach. Like the rest of the country, we have an access to justice crisis. We have 10.5 million people in North Carolina, over 2 million who are eligible for our services, and over 400,000 who call our helpline each year. And even though we are able to serve tens of thousands of people and are really proud of the services that we're able to provide, there are hundreds of thousands that we still can't reach. And so we know that innovation is needed and necessary in order for us to be able to expand our reach and to provide access to justice to all of the folks who need it. So this is really about setting an intention in North Carolina around innovation and saying that we're going to resource it so that we can look at new ideas and come up with new ways of serving clients. And what excites me so much about your embracing innovation and really wanting to, I think, knock it out of the park in terms of serving the many thousands of people who currently, as you just noted, don't get served, is that you are doing something, the Innovation Lab itself is an innovation. And so it's kind of innovation squared, if you will. So talk to us about what the Innovation Lab is and what specifically the goals you have for that. That's great. And what I'll do is I'll set the stage and then turn it over to Cherie because she is our new chief innovation officer. Yes. So what we decided to do was to establish the lab. It is going to have a physical space located in Raleigh, North Carolina, and it will also have a virtual space so that it is accessible to all of the 100 counties in North Carolina that we serve. And we have hired a chief innovation officer, and of course, that's Cherie. And she is in the process of bringing in interns from Duke Law School, North Carolina Central Law School, and others, and also staff to staff the lab. So I'll turn it over to Cherie now to talk about that. Thank you, Ashley. And thank you, Kat, for inviting us. You know, as Ashley said, we're super excited about talking about the lab and just amplifying the work that we're doing here. And, you know, the lab for us is really a vehicle by which we believe we'll be able to fulfill and sustain the vision that we have of being an innovative, efficient, inclusive legal services provider. The lab itself is going to be a dedicated hub through which we will be able to identify through idea gathering or sharing, cross-collaboration, working with people outside the box to implement scalable, innovative solutions that improve the delivery of legal services and also increase the efficiency in our practice. Our goal, and we say this all the time, is to engage in transformative innovation. So we're really looking at stepping outside the box as much as possible. And once again, um, my mind immediately goes to this being innovation squared, kind of innovation on steroids. 
I think in part because really focusing and, and naming and saying our goal is transformative innovation is still somewhat rare, I think, across legal industry and even within legal aid. So it's very exciting to hear and see your organization and your leadership take this really, I think, strong and powerful and important stand with this. So Cherie, you, I think, are the first chief innovation officer within a legal aid organization are there others? Are you kind of blazing a trail here? Yes, I, you know, I believe I am the first. I haven't heard of anybody else, uh, but, you know, I feel free to correct me. But to be honest, it, you know, it's, it's exciting, but a little daunting because it means bearing the full brunt of the growing pains of the position and overcoming any challenges and failures that we'll encounter. But it really doesn't deter me because one, I love a challenge and two, an investment in this position and the lab itself is in my view, a commitment by our firm to sustain change. I mean, on a more personal note, I've been with Legal Aid of North Carolina for 17 years and I can remember being a staff attorney in our Wilson office. And at the time we did our intake locally with is myself and four other attorneys. And we were each assigned like six client appointments for the day and a few other emergency spots. So we were serving somewhere between 30 and 35 clients per day. That was it for a community where in 2019, it was estimated that 23% of the approximately 81,000 residents had an income below the poverty line. Then we implemented our centralized intake unit, which at the time was the innovative thing, right? We were able to centralize or, or services in a way that now we can serve hundreds of callers from Wilson. But it also, as Ashley pointed out, it really showed the scope and the demand for our services and that we really needed to engage in a more strategic plan for how to address that because once we realized we had 400,000 callers contacting us and we were only able to handle about 25% of those callers through our phone system, we knew we had to do something. We had to be more deliberate in how we do the work that we do. So this role has kind of re-energized me and has filled me with new enthusiasm for my work because I, I see the opportunities that we now have through technology and data analysis and just even the on-tap resources within our organization to, to really make a difference. So you can't see it, but as you've been talking, I've just been shaking my head, yes, <laughs> vigorously. <laughs> so yes, I think to go back to... Um, Something you said a, a few moments ago, your role, your new role, creating this role, I think absolutely demonstrates a commitment that in and of itself is a form of leadership that Legal Aid of North Carolina is putting itself, I think, at the forefront of leading by creating this role. And you certainly have a wealth, breadth, and depth of experience with the organization, which I'm certain is going to serve you well as you think about how you do leverage and scale and take advantage of technology because as we all experience in our daily lives, technology 
offers fantastic tools, but ultimately it comes down to the people, right? To solve the problems and think of the creative ways to apply the technology and all the resources we have at our disposal. And I'm curious, Cherie, so you've taken on this new challenge, a personal challenge, and it's re-energized you. What, from your perspective, are some of your primary goals in the role of chief innovation officer and leading the innovation lab? You know, what I would like to see is that we are able to engage in a long-term plan for not just innovation in technology, because, you know, while tech improvements can solve problems by automating our processes and and um, improving efficiency, it's not simply about adding new tech or a suite of apps. It's really about examining our current practices and processes, engaged in engaging in strategic planning, and then, you know, really training and improvement and, and development to create a better service model so that we can then address the larger issue, which is access to justice, right? And for me, you know, the idea of strategic planning and the multidisciplinary cross-collaboration with with people like Jeff and partners at the Duke Center for Law and Technology and North Carolina Central Law School, that to me is really um, inspiring and something I'm really looking forward to. And it's also giving voice to our clients in this process, you know, soliciting ideas from the people who will be most impacted by this work. I mean, they probably know better than we do what their needs are. And so, you know, just being able to tap into, well, how can we really deliver services better for you as the end user is another goal. And also, you know, just our staff as well. Again, I talked about my experience in Wolfson. I'm certain that there are staff members who have ideas about what we should be doing and how we could improve or work and just being able to have a dedicated hub where they can now share those ideas and we can work together to bring that to fruition is, is again, something that I'm really, really looking forward. You know, this it's a lot to take on and we know that we're going to need support. We won't have all the answers and we're going to need funding support as well. You know, we've estimated that the lab itself will cost about $2 million. So we're also looking at ways that we can improve or funding sources so that we can keep the work going and, and it is sustainable. So Sheree, you, I think, have just described beautifully the concept of radical collaboration. And it is a primary driver and method um, with which organizations use human-centered design principles to achieve transformative innovation. So it is so refreshing to hear you describe exactly that, collaborating across the community, or connecting with law schools, with community resources, and most certainly your point about collaborating actively with the communities that you serve is is critical and fundamental, I think, to transformative innovation, specifically from a human-centered mindset standpoint. And this also beautifully segues into Jeff's role with Legal Aid of North Carolina and with 
the Innovation Lab. So Jeff, you are both on the board for Legal Aid, and you also are leading up the board of advisors for the Innovation Lab. And I know you and I have talked about the importance, really the critical importance of these connections and collaborations. So can you talk to us a little bit about what that looks like for the Innovation Lab specifically and how you see um, the lab really serving as this connecting hub across the community? Absolutely. And uh, just like Ashley and Cherie said, thank you so much for having us. I'm really excited to talk about this opportunity. And you've now heard frankly, from the real deal of both Ashley and Cherie within the organization, the nice role I play is, while I'm, yes, I'm a relatively new board member, I've been a longtime collaborator with Legal Aid of North Carolina. So to have this opportunity to come in and bring a little bit of that energy and frankly, a very familiar role to me, which is collaborating and building projects, it's a really great place to have somewhere within the organization to land and uh, have a certain degree of continuity across this. I mean, one thing as a relative outsider in that I'm not an employee of Legal Aid North Carolina is you don't realize this about it. It's one of the biggest law firms within North Carolina. And when you have a organization of the size of Legal Aid North Carolina and frankly, the interest and willingness, there's a really huge opportunity for impact and to take on ambitious projects. So the role of the advisory board here obviously is we're focused on kind of putting it together to make sure that the initial projects and infrastructure are there. But really the hope is that by using the advisory board to extend and frankly perfect certain connections with universities, industry, different areas of practice, we can bring in some of the resources that, whereas Legal Aid of North Carolina has traditionally done one-to-one very impactful, valuable services, we're also, it's a yes and, we're also looking at the ability to look at other projects, make information and other services more accessible, or improve the types of services that we as an organization offer. So that's a little bit of a a rambling way of getting to the point of, it is an ability for us to supplement what is already being done. And that's part of why we're looking at uh, the early partnerships are, are very focused. And frankly, we've had some opportunities prior to the formal launch of this to test out things like, I'm glad that you've brought up design. I mean, we've participated in design derbies with all of North Carolina law schools around access and justice issues. And so in some respects, even though the lab itself is being launched right now, we already know that we have a very rich and well-developed community here in North Carolina. And then also we know that what we do here is something that is just as applicable to other legal aid organizations, regardless of the borders. And so it's something that as we're building out the board of advisors, we're certainly looking at bringing in not just North Carolina resources, but also connecting more broadly, because this is something that I think we can all learn and grow together on. So that's really the hope is that, yes, we're planting a flag. Yes, we are looking at North Carolina specific issues, but that's not without being mindful of the fact of how this can help kind of the access to justice crisis more broadly. Jeff, I have to point out your reference to the collaborations that have been happening in North Carolina already. And so you all have very, I think, fertile ground from which to sow the seeds and and build this capacity to get collaboration across the community. You know, Duke Law School has been hosting the design derbies and 
really tackling access to justice issues, and that's brought together law schools across the state. And it's really been phenomenal from someone who's not in North Carolina law school. But to watch you all, I think, really do a fabulous job of, of modeling what that community collaboration can look like. And you also give a nod to planting a flag, yes, but you're doing things and organizing in a way that I think I agree with you is applicable across jurisdictions. So the problems, the challenges, Ashley, that you were describing and Sheree that you were describing in terms of of serving the constituency there exist across the country, right? And while there certainly are jurisdictional issues, um, there are a lot of things that are very much the same. And so I think that's one aspect of the lab. And I, and I think the spirit in which you all are creating it and putting it out into the world is it's almost an invitation for everyone to come along and learn with you and be able to benefit from the work that you all are going to do, um, which certainly will translate to other places and for other organizations. On the note of the work you're going to do, would anyone care to jump in and describe maybe um, an initial project or some ideas for projects that you all plan on kicking off with? Yeah, sure. I can take a stab at that. But going back to something you just said, Kat, you know, while our primary focus is on improving access to justice as sort of the long-term goal, you know, learning and improvement is at the heart of the lab's mission as well. And we want to create a space where other legal services organizations can learn from our work and adapt it to their communities, as well as we can learn from them and other agencies out there that are engaged in this work. So I do think you hit the nail on the head when you said that that is part of our objective here as well. In terms of projects, you know, we talked about our, our intake in, in sort of a broad overview in it, when Ashley mentioned that we received 400,000 calls per year. And we see that as the, the first project to tackle is how can we tap into those 400,000 callers that we're getting that we're not able to serve? We're, we're really, like I said, serving about 25% of them. How do we find out what their needs are and how we can provide services to them. And that service might not necessarily be legal representation, but it could be providing them with information or tools by which they can help themselves. We could be providing referrals to some of the other legal services programs in our community. I mean, how cool would it be that if, you know, we can have a client who could contact us, they could go into a portal, and from that portal, they could basically pick from a menu of services and be able to either self-select out because they realize that it's not what they need or select the appropriate level of service that they need. I mean, that's sort of the thinking that we're looking at when we're talking about changing our intake process and making it better and improving it so that really does serve the people that contact us. So really reimagining what that intake process looks like with the user at the center of it. That's, yes. that's what I hear you describing. And that really just so beautifully fits into, I've um, spent some time on the website. So you have a dedicated tab for the Innovation Lab on the Legal Aid of North Carolina website, which I want to point everyone to, um, where they can go and learn more about the lab. But you state there a vision, a dedicated hub for identifying and implementing new solutions for bridging the justice gap. And 
that's a very broad vision, but it's also very inclusive. And the project you just described defines an innovative approach that really seeks to go far beyond the one-to-one service delivery model, which we know is at the heart of our systems of justice and certainly is a very good thing. And we can't help everyone we need to help, right? As you all have so clearly articulated, the data just across the U.S. shows so clearly. I'm curious to dig a little bit deeper into opportunities for collaboration that might extend beyond North Carolina. So you've created the board of advisors that will expand beyond just simply connections, community members in North Carolina. But I think the essence that you were describing, Cherie, is similar to something I've described in prior conversations here on Talk Justice as a community of practice. So, right, some community members who share a lot of things in common, such as legal aid organizations, who tackle some problems that have very, very similar elements and bringing folks together so that they can learn with and from each other. So the lab is going to be engaging in these North Carolina projects. I'm curious, Cherie and Ashley, how you all see opportunities to really expand and include and connect with perhaps other legal aid organizations. As Jeff said, you're planting a flag here. And I think definitely inspiring others to go where you're so boldly going. How do you imagine that playing out? What are some ways that folks can connect into the work you're doing? Because I'm certain there are some other folks listening to this who are now going to be very curious. Kat, I think this is such a great question. And it's definitely something that we would like to do with other legal services organizations. We went to the Equal Justice Conference recently and did a demonstration of some of the technology tools that we've developed and talked about the Innovation Lab. And then we did a design thinking exercise with the participants who were in the room. And it was 10 ideas in 10 minutes. And through that process, we came up with 10 really different, really innovative ideas around how to improve the intake process. And so... We have done what we're talking about right now already with that group and the energy and enthusiasm that was in that room and that came out of those conversations was just terrific. And I would love to see us do more exercises like that. The Legal Services Corporation Technology Conference is going to be in North Carolina in 2024, and we are putting together a proposal for us to do a session there. And I think it could be a lot of fun for us to do some design thinking work together in that forum and potentially to brainstorm about ways to use the conference in future years to do this type of group work because we know that innovation is happening all over the country and that if we could get together and share our ideas, we could all benefit from it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I look forward to attending this session at the next Innovations in Technology conference if you are in fact selected. So I'll keep my fingers crossed for that. I'm Sheree, do you have anything you would like to add? And and I ask specifically because you now I think have the vaunted title of being the first chief innovation officer for a legal aid organization. 
What is your vision for taking this beyond North Carolina and connecting in with other organizations so that you can learn from and with each other? I'd like to see us be more intentional about having a listserv or groups, affinity groups, if you want to call it that, around technology and access to justice. I know there are different ways in which we can connect through through different organizations, but it would be really nice if we could have a dedicated group of legal aid providers or other groups that are just as committed to access to justice and create sort of our own way to connect and communicate and share ideas and and really collaborate on some of the things that are going on in a way that I think is like, you know, we keep using the word intentional, but that's the best way that I can describe it. Yes. And as you're describing that, Sheree, I think that that kind of community group would be a place that Ashley was describing the design exercise that was done. Um, So that would be a place where you could share out the results of that sprint, right? And so expand it beyond the people who were just in the room, but let others see these ideas and maybe be inspired to try something, to experiment based on that sprint that can extend beyond, again, just the group of people who participated in that moment. Well, I love that idea. I'm a a huge fan of radical collaboration and of creating communities and connecting people around these ideas. I mean, that's my whole purpose for having these conversations on Talk Justice, actually. And I would love to invite Jeff to share, if you wouldn't mind sharing a few words, Jeff, because you you are not a legal aid attorney. You are a law firm attorney. And that is absolutely an audience of people who I hope are listening to this conversation and thinking, how can I get involved? How can I contribute? No, it's not part of my daily job, but it's part of my value system and is part of why I became a lawyer. And so Jeff, do you have any advice for those of us who aren't? Legal aid's not our full-time gig, but we want to get involved and we want to contribute. Sure. Well, there's a couple of ways of looking at this. One is just a matter of framing the kind of why of getting involved here. What we're doing at Legal Aid North Carolina is candidly what I think a lot of private firms are doing nationally and internationally anyway, sort of at this moment of kind of a technological shift where we're having to look at as, you know, just as much as I'm talking to Ashley Cherie and the team at Legal Aid about how might we use these new technologies to increase access to our services, improve them, or you know, basically transform it, I'm doing that within my firm as well. So really what I'm doing in private practice and kind of in emerging tech is fairly comparable to kind of the conversations we're having here. So in that sense, I actually don't know that we're doing something dramatically different from what I think a lot of proactive private practitioners are doing currently. So that's maybe one piece of it. As far as the sort of what we're focusing those types of questions on, though, you're right. I think it's something that as we're looking at regulatory change that's happening across the country, or at least questions around that and um, kind of what the, for all intents and purposes, the monopoly that lawyers still hold on the delivery of legal services, there is a piece of that, a very large piece of it for me, in fact, that really raises a question of what are we doing to make sure that we're serving people and not creating a very divided two-tier system, which to some extent accessibility just is getting worse and worse. So in that sense, it's just as much about 
why I value the kind of attorney-client relationship, why I value the role that we hold as a profession. And I do think that there's a lot of legitimacy to that being viewed in high regard. We still have a responsibility to do a full court press on how we might make sure that we're helping people, even if it's not our, our paying clients or those can afford it. It's something that we're taking the teachings that I learned from working with corporate clients and working on scalable solutions to them and applying those in ways that make sure that I'm helping organizations like Legal Aid of North Carolina do the same because that's the majority of people. Most people are going to interact with that, I mean, kind of people law for lack of better terms. Most people are not going to interact through lawyers, through corporations. So in that sense, it kind of turns on how most people will experience the legal system and therefore view the rule of law. Hmm. Yes. So I, for one, look very forward to seeing how this unfolds. I look forward to learning from your projects. And I don't know, maybe in about a year, you guys can join me again and we can have a recap of all the really cool stuff that you tried and experimented with and did over the first year of the lab. With that said, again, one of my primary goals is just to share with the world what you all are doing and give others the opportunity to engage and learn from and, Sheree, as you said, create kind of this community of people who want to get together and learn from and with each other. So on that note, Sheree, how best for folks who are curious and want to connect in, where would you send them for more information, how to get in touch? I would definitely say, you know, check out our website, check out the webpage specifically, the Legal Aid of North Carolina webpage designated for the Innovation Lab, but also reach out by email in Lance Innovates, and that's L-A-N-C, Innovates at LegalAidNC.org. We'll be happy to hear from you and take questions and participate in discussions and just move this forward. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, Cherie, and Jeff for joining me today for this conversation on Talk Justice. It has been a joy to learn more about the Innovation Lab. And as I said, I look forward to seeing what you all create over the coming years and hopefully continuing to be a part of this very, very important conversation. Thank you all so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Kat. Thank you, Kat. I'm so grateful to Ashley, Sheree, and Jeff for joining me today to talk about Lance's new innovation lab. I'm really excited about this community of innovation that Sheree envisions, and I look forward to watching how both the lab and this community evolve. If you want to be part of this full court press, as Jeff described it, to expand access through innovation, please reach out to the lab at lancinnovations at legalnc.org to find out about how you can connect into the lab's work. You can also learn more about the lab on its webpage, legalaidnc.org forward slash innovation dash lab. And thanks to you for listening to this episode. Talk Justice is brought to you by Legal Services Corporation and Legal Talk Network. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to rate and review the show and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Podcast guest speakers' views, thoughts, and opinions are solely their own and do not necessarily represent the Legal Services Corporation's views, thoughts, or opinions. The information and guidance discussed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as legal advice. 
You should not make decisions based on this podcast content without seeking legal or other professional advice.